Foundation First Fitness Show, one episode away from the uh, 100th episode from that milestone episode. Really excited for that. Um, actually going to record it right after this episode, so I'll get both of them right away. Uh, today's episode, we're talking about something that kind of came up. I actually, I see it more often than not. Uh, it's really imbalances and kind of in the in my field of work, we call it asymmetries. Asymmetry is um, <clears throat> a, str- uh, a improvement in movement, uh, sorry, a better quality of movement on one side than the other, whether it be because of strength or whatever, there's a discrepancy from one side to the other, from back to front, uh, from one muscle on one side to the other. Asymmetrical kind of strength and movement quality is a huge, huge uh, component of of the things that we're going to be looking at when we're looking at training someone, we're trying to build a program. Uh, when I work with my athletes, when I work with any athlete, you know, one of the first things I'm looking for is these asymmetries, trying to figure out where, where they're going to be stronger, where they're going to be weaker, uh, what is likely to cause some kind of an injury. And usually that's one of the huge things that usually causes that. Uh, and you know, There's three main areas that we're going to look at for imbalances. The first one is an imbalance between muscle groups. So let's say your quads are significantly stronger on one side, your your quads are significantly stronger on one side than on the other, uh, or your hamstrings are significantly stronger on one side than the other. There's an asymmetry. It means that there's going to be a lack of power generation on one side versus the other. That's one type of asymmetry. Uh, Total movement weakness, meaning like, you know, you're just trying to generate power out of one leg. It's just not as strong, whether it be from lack of use because some sports are going to favor one side more than the other, which is very common. You're going to be dealing with that asymmetry. You're going to be having an imbalance from one side to the other. Very common. Um, An injury you don't know about. So a lack of movement or structural problem. These are kind of, I kind of grouped them all up into one because they are kind of like lack of movements, something like that. Um, And what'll happen is, if you have an injury you don't really know about, maybe not an injury, but like um, kind of like some kind of pain or pain point or uh, restriction that you're not 100% going to cause that imbalance from one side to the other by kind of cascading its way up through the the three examples, the sorry, the first two examples that I just spoke about. So when it really comes to uh, each of these, you're going to have to approach them in a different way. Uh, usually you know, it's, it's going to depend on the person's skill set and their skill level. Now, what I mean by that is let's say someone is very kind of, they're just, they're very good in the gym. They don't have issues in the gym. They're not dealing with any restrictions. They're, they're kind of not, not any restrictions, but they're just, they're very, they're very comfortable in the gym. They've worked out a lot. They have, they understand they have a good concept of their body awareness. It's going to be a little bit easier. We're going to be heading in one direction with them versus someone who's just really starting off it's going to be a little bit, we have to be a little bit more patient because it's going to take a little bit more time because of how little they know about how to move. So we might end up having to repair both sides uh, to kind of allow for that balance, that balancing to happen. Um, So enough of the kind of jargon and running around, let's get right into it. Now, imbalances between muscle groups. This is very common for an athlete that has an injury, uh, someone who has like a pretty significant injury. So I'll give you an example. Someone that has, you know, they, they've 
really strain their hamstring, you know, pretty bad strain. Um, you know, it goes on for many weeks before it really comes back to kind of being it, you know, move completely free without any pain or without risk of injury. Um, even though that strength level from one side to the other is probably high, there's a very high chance that that, you know, strength on ones that the, the rupture that happened might very well have been caused by its already either lack of strength or too much work. So too much dependence on that muscle. So you want to really make sure that when you're doing that, or when you're looking at that kind of situation, you don't want to rush back into these things. You want to really make sure that you're kind of analyzing and scanning through and seeing was my, for this example, hamstring being used too much. So if you're a runner uh, and you develop some kind of imbalance, you know this, that, you know, you're running, or sorry, you develop some kind of like, you know, injury, you're going to have an imbalance between muscle groups, or you're going to have one muscle that'll be significantly stronger than the other on one side versus the other, usually more common in like someone like an ACL tear that had like, you know, surgery done where they're going to have one. And if they use the best, so the side note here, ACL tears rehab, usually they use the hamstring tendon to use one of the hamstrings, take a chunk of it and replace the ACL with that tendon. So uh, what will usually happen is you'll have a strength discrepancy from one side to the other. Actually, the potential strength is actually also affected. So the, so the top end potential strength is also affected as well. So you really have to pay a lot of attention to making sure that there's no asymmetry from right to left because it may come out to them not being able to do like a squat properly because they're going to be really comfortable going down on, on one side versus the other. So rushing them back to doing a squat loaded might be really risky considering the hamstring is not fully healed or is not at the right proper uh, strength. So that's something you want to keep in mind when you're coming back from like that kind of situation. Um, those types of imbalances can be really tricky to work with. Usually what I do prescribe for someone that has like, let's say they're just like, you know, man, my, my biceps really strong on one side versus the other. What I'll usually tell them to do is just ease up on the good side, pick up on the, on the bad side, pick up, meaning pick up volume. So not a huge difference. You don't want to just suddenly go from, Oh, I was doing four reps and four reps. Now I'm doing four reps and eight reps. What you want to do is you want to cut down on one side and keep the other one the same. So you want to cut down on your right, keep the ones on your left so you're able to create that balance. Uh, and it'll, with time, you'll eventually kind of like catch up that difference. You want to try to limit and reduce the amount of difference to about 10%. 10% is almost like unnoticeable to the average person. You wouldn't be able to notice it unless you have really good awareness of your body and you're lifting close to maximum weight. You won't really notice that 10% difference. So if you're doing something like 30 pounds, 10% difference is only a three pound difference. It's a very hard number to really define uh, or to notice. So you're going to be doing, you know, you'll be doing, let's say 10 reps with one. And I don't even know if the math will work out to be, no, it'd have to be like, you would do 20 reps with one and then you would do like 19 or 18 reps with the other. So it'd have to be a really high number. It's very uncommon uh, to notice that in the, even the 10 rep range, just because of the percentages of the max that is. Uh, so you would have to notice that uh, for it to be more than 10, it would have to be very evident. You know, I, I'm doing 30 pounds for 10 reps on one side. I'm doing, you know, 30 pounds for six reps or seven reps on the other side. And then I'd be like, okay, something's up. I got to figure that out. I don't know why it's such a significant difference. Um, you don't have to go through and balance out every single muscle, but you'll notice with 
with movements, you'll notice those, those imbalances already. Um, when it comes to a total movement weakness, meaning that, you know, you're trying to do a bench press and you notice that, you know, as you push with your left side, your right side doesn't rise up. This is really common for a lot of heavier benchers. Uh, you'll notice that you're pushing up more with one side than the other. You'll, their bar will be moving, moving at a lot quicker speed on one side in comparison to the other. What I usually tell people to look at is when it comes to that is do one of two things or potentially even do both. Number one, similar to point one, point A, uh, separate them so you can get both arms working at the same time. So you're going to create that that kind of separation between right and left. And then what you're going to do is you're really just going to focus on that left side or the weak side. For me, it would be my left side. So you're going to focus on your on your weak side and mine would be my left side. So I'm going to do a couple more sets on my on my weak side, which is my left side versus my right. Um, and again, it's not a double the reps on the bad side. It's cut out half the reps on the good side so that you can kind of keep that because the volume of your workout was specifically set. And that's the thing I want to point out. I'm going to point that out right now. The volume of your workout is very specific to what you are doing. So what that means is the volume of your workout is specific to your capacity to lift. So if you start cranking up the weight, cranking up the volume on one side versus the other, what you're going to actually do is more harm than good because you're not doing like a regular workout with one side. You're doing double the workout with one side and the regular workout with the other side. So you might end up hurting it and bringing yourself even further back. So you want to make sure that you're only doing half the reps on the good side in comparison to the right side by taking what you already have and cutting it in half. Um, so total movement weakness, that's one of them. The other thing I'm going to look at is instability in the joint below or the kind of supporting joints. So let's say you were struggling with the shoulder press or in this case, a bench press will stick there. Uh, you're noticing you're trying to press your left is not going up as much. What I would tell you to do is try to figure out if you have like an instability in the in the wrist, if you have instability in the elbow, more likely in the shoulder and start building that as much as you can. Those are going to be what's going to, that's going to be one of the main issues that you're going to want to deal with. Uh, the, the one of the main ways you're going to want to handle that. So it's going to be joint or the actual muscle and the movement might be clean. Your volume might just need to be kind of higher on one side, less on the other side until it catches up and then you can balance them back out. And I would gradually balance them back out. So I would go from like, let's say four and two to like four and like four and two to four and three to four and four something like that. Um, an injury you don't know about. That's one of the hardest ones because sometimes the injury is has happened and there's remnants of it. We don't know that. And so you may have a restriction, like let's say you have a buildup of scar tissue that wasn't really properly taken care of. That may lead to that restriction, that muscle, which may cause a weakness or you have some kind of structural movement, you have some really poor movement quality at the hip, it's causing you to not be able to squat and it makes it look really funky, which is similar to the second one. It's like kind of a total movement weakness on one side versus the other. How I usually tell people to deal with that is A, create full range 
within the, either the muscle, so good tissue quality. So you're getting a nice full range and they feel the same on both sides. So if I'm going to stretch my quad on my left, my right should feel the same. If I feel it more on my right than I do on my left and I'm kind of like, oh, there was an injury there. I had a quad strain or I had a quad contusion, which is like a quad bruise, like a trolley or something like that. Uh, maybe I should take that, maybe I should take that into consideration and start potentially like doing a little bit of extra work or maybe going to see a manual therapist and having them take a look at it just so that you can be sure that you're kind of you're kind of making sure that you're you know you're covering your ground and you're not leaving anything up to chance where you're just kind of guessing and then just you know what I mentioned before is actually creating that difference so that's usually the first place I'm gonna look is to see if there's an injury that's usually the one that goes kind of a notice and then I work my way up so I work from three to two to one uh, and then I'm gonna try to see what's going on there rarely will I ever find a muscle imbalance in someone who hasn't gone through either surgery or a major injury like a rupture or something like that or a big-time strain that is not if those haven't happened they're usually the muscle is not usually the first place I'm I'm going to go. So I'm going to look into that originally, like look into that in their history, where I'm going to try to get some kind of a, a scan or an evaluation on them to know what's going on. So those are the ones you want to keep in mind. Why is this also important for an athlete? Runners, swimmers, cyclists, hockey players, football players, basketball players. The reason it's really important is that it kind of creates a dependency on that specific movement pattern. The more comfortable you get and the quicker the pace gets and the more aggressively you go into your sport, the more likely you're going to be going further into that poor movement and further into that asymmetry and imbalance because that's where your body's going to be favoring itself and wanting to go. Problem with that is there's a glass ceiling and it's really, it's a really kind of harsh and very strict line where once you cross it, everything kind of goes downhill. And that's why you see those guys that are constantly repetitively getting injuries. It's because there is that imbalance that hasn't been picked up. And it's almost like a revolving door of they keep coming in and out of that same injury or something similar that's somewhat related. So they'll go from like a hamstring injury to an ACL tear to a hip problem, to a back low back problem, to an ankle problem, to a knee issue again, to like this. And it just keeps kind of cycling to that same side. And it's usually because there's an imbalance in quality of movement in muscle strength and muscle symmetry between both sides that hasn't been dealt with that's what causes that injury which is why say for runners or any type of athlete you know those imbalances are going to be are going to come very unnoticed unless you're pushing your body to a limit and the worst part is is that when they because of that your likelihood of getting injured and not knowing what it was is very high. That's usually the sneaky part about it is that you'll get hurt. You won't know where it came from. You won't know why you got it. And it's simply because there was an imbalance that you were just not aware of because you might not be a hundred percent aware of the different sensations. It's one of the things I do with a lot of my clients here is I really try to get them to cue into, you know, what, where do you feel the pressure? Let's say on your foot, where do you feel the, where do you feel that restriction in your hip? Do you notice one side is weaker than the other? Because these are things that you, people don't usually think about. They think of, you know, I'm lifting, all right, the weight's just not, just not going up on my left versus my right where I'm going to look at them and be like, do you feel like your shoulders a little bit higher than the other? And they're going to be like, yeah, actually I, I do notice that when I press like I kind of bring my shoulder up a little bit like well we might need to do some shoulder stability work let's bring that down and go I'll be able to see it but I want them to be aware of it so that they can notice that if they're not with me or if they've done seeing me if that problem comes back they're not going to have to worry about it and be guessing as to what it is they'll have a very good idea of what it is and be able to address it accordingly 
If you have any questions about this, or if you're unsure about anything I spoke about today, leave it in the comments section. You know, I love getting some feedback and hearing from you guys. Uh, reach out to me if you need to, to get some more clarity on certain parts that might be a little confusing at times. And uh, yeah, pretty stoked about 100. Can't wait to get it going. Gonna shut the camera off, restart it after a meeting, and we're gonna get this uh, to 100. We're gonna get to 100 episodes. I'm actually really, I'm actually really proud of myself. Yeah, I'm going to go say it. I'm proud of myself for getting to 100 episodes because I know a lot of a lot of people would have been just, you know, running away after like five to 10 episodes. I'm pretty pumped that I actually managed to stay out to, to 100. So uh, anyways, again, if you haven't checked out our essentials routines, it's going to be linked up above here. If not, it's going to be in one of these two little things that's going to appear on the side here. And until that next time, guys, take care of yourselves and have a great rest of your day. Keep building that foundation. Take care.